Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the DC Beer Show. This is a really difficult time that many breweries, bars, and restaurants are going through, as well as a lot of other small businesses. In this special episode of the DC Beer Show, we'll be talking to a few people in the industry about what they're doing to get over this difficult hump uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, as well as what you can do to help them and to help small businesses across the country. Let's start by talking a little bit about the legal ramifications for uh, breweries, bars, and restaurants. I've got Greg Parnas with me, a partner in the DC Beverage Law Group. Greg's been on the show before, and he's a writer at DC Beer. And Greg's been doing a lot of research into how bars and and breweries can sort of weather this and what their uh, potential is in terms of contract law. So, Greg, thank you for joining the DC Beer Show. Hello, Richard. So why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of what uh, bars and, and breweries are doing right now to manage the, the financial aspects of this situation and, this, and the drastic drop in revenue. Right. So what I've been seeing a lot of breweries doing, and this is more an option for breweries and wineries than it is distilleries, essentially trying to increase their ability to sell to go. Okay, let's talk a little bit more on this, the legal side of this contractual obligations with distributors, contractual obligations with landlords and things like that. What, if any, remedies exist for local breweries and bars uh, in that space? So a lot of it is going to be subject to what's in their individual contracts. In a lot of contracts, there's what's known as a force majeure clause, which will say, you know, in the event of a civil unrest, you know, natural disaster, public emergency, fire, rioting, et cetera, um, the party's obligation under the contract become, you know, impossible to perform or impractical to perform. The obligations of the party will then either be excused or it'll say something along the lines of it will be reasonably delayed or, you know, they can instead uh, partially meet their obligations of the contract. Something that, you know, bars and breweries and other people in the industry can do is take a look at their loan agreement, take a look at their lease agreement and see if there's a clause like this and what it says. There's also a secondary thing that's a question of common law. So depending on what jurisdiction you're in, there's, you know, doctrines of frustration of purpose, impracticality, or impossibility of performance under the contract, which are essentially the common law equivalent to having a clause in the contract itself. And those may also apply where you can essentially argue, hey, it's impossible for me to form this contract because we can't sell anything, so we have no money. So I should be excused from having to perform under the contract, or I should be excused for a certain period of time. Well, listen, thanks for giving us that contractual overview of, of sort of what breweries and bars and restaurants can, can look at. We appreciate your taking the time. Greg Parnas from the DC Beverage Law Group and DCBeer.com. Thanks for joining us today on the DC Beer Show. Thank you. Now I've got Simon B. and Brian Vandenover from Red Bear Brewing Company to talk a little bit about what they're doing in this difficult time to continue serving customers to keep their business afloat. Thank you both for joining us on the DC Beer Show from uh, from Red Bear. Absolutely. We're glad to be here. So listen, you guys have gone through, I know, over the last 
five days, like all kinds of different uh, rules and regulations that seem to be coming out every single day telling you what you can and can't do, basically, uh, in terms of, of operating your business. Now, if I understand correctly, you are basically serving food and beer to go only. Is that correct? That is correct. As, as you just stated, everything has been very fluid on what we can and can't do. Of course, safety comes first. And so we understand and we want to adhere to everything that the city is doing and the government is doing. But under those rules, we're able to do to-go food and to-go beer in the form of growlers. Or if we were canning or bottling, we could sell that as well. So people can swing by and they can pick up a growler, uh, either bringing their own that you will sanitize or purchasing one in the store. And they can also order from your amazing food menu. That is correct. Um, also, uh, people can take advantage of gift cards and merchandise sales as well to help support us in this time. Absolutely. So how's your staff handling everything that's going on? Well, it's, it's rough times, unfortunately. Just um, uh, the reality of it is that we've just had to cut back on some of our staff. It's uh, unpleasant, but just uh, the unfortunate reality of the situation right now. Uh, we are trying to retain as many people as we possibly can. That's uh, one of the main reasons why we're doing our to-go program right now is actually to to just keep us as float with as many of our employees as we can uh, through this time. Yeah, by having the kitchen, even at a skeleton crew, having some of our staffs on to help facilitate to-go sales, um, we can retain some of our employees. I know they appreciate it and it's certainly important pretty much for the whole community. At least for now, of course, things can change. Everybody understands where we're where where we're at. Um, we've been very vocal with our team, and we just keep watching the the news. Keep watching what comes out from our DC officials, basically. Well, you know, every bar and restaurant in DC and in Maryland right now is in the same situation. I do expect that Virginia will follow suit very very soon and 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 close things down. And everybody is. We're all doing what we can to stop the spread or slow the spread of the coronavirus. But the impact that this is going to have on on small businesses and particularly breweries, bars, restaurants, where margins are generally pretty thin, uh, is, is going to be pretty severe, not just here, all over the country. What are your thoughts on, on what government uh, should or could be doing uh, and could do in the future to sort of help businesses like yours continue through what could turn out to be eight or more weeks of essentially being closed for most of your potential customers? Well, uh, the biggest hit to us right now will definitely be our biggest fights at our, our finances, rent, our loan, and all those. Th- and then, of course, payroll. Those are the three biggest chunks that uh, are going to hit us uh, very, very soon. Um, so whatever the government can do to help us maintain our space, our physical space, maintain our loan, and then also help us employ people. Those are the three areas that they need to look at on helping us small businesses. Yeah, just anything that can uh, defer some of those payments uh, would basically, I mean, that's that's what's going to have to happen, I think. <laughs> no matter how much of a uh, limited operation we run right now, I mean, it's not... It's not going to be enough, you know, so there's there's going to have to be something. 
uh, along those lines. Right. And that's that's obviously something that that not just beer, uh, I mean, breweries, restaurants, bars, lots of small businesses are facing the same situation. I have a small business that already has clients shutting down work. We've heard from a lot of different people uh, all across the country, you know. Oh, it's system. It's system wide. Yeah. Um, it's it's this is going to affect every industry in the whole nation yeah. and the world, of course. Uh, one small little glimmer of hope uh, is that we, uh, <clears throat> due to just the nature of how things changed, uh, we're going to be doing a canning run uh, next week. Uh, so this has kind of forced us to be able to do a canning run, which means that we're supporting uh, Ironheart, uh, who is a mobile canning uh, company. So at least there is some stuff um, that we can do to at least uh, increase some business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you guys looked at all at any kind of delivery options? Um, we are in the process of looking at what we can and cannot do with that. Uh, that's going to be contingent on cans, though. Right. Uh, we just don't see growlers is going to work well. Of course. But we are we are hopeful that if, if we have a brisk business with the to-go options, with what the city is now allowing with other forms of alcoholic purchases to go, uh, we're really interested in seeing what the, how that's going to shake out. Because we can get containers with lids and sell the wine that we have. We can sell the cider that we have. Uh, so that stuff doesn't just go bad. And so hopefully you can move some of that product. But it all depends on if the general public is interested in coming out and purchasing even on a to-go status. Well, let's hope that people will. I know I will be coming by Red Bear in the afternoons. Your, your to-go timeline right now looks like four to seven. Uh, it's four to n- it's four to nine. Four to nine. Uh, fr- today through Friday, of course, we're ever assessing this. Sure. And um, we we we're we're watching what the next few days does uh, to determine what the weekend's going to look like. That's a good reason for everybody to uh, get out in the next couple of days and head to Red Bear Brewing between four and nine p.m. to pick up some food and beer. Take it home, sequester yourself. Uh, but do so with some delicious food and some delicious beer from Red Bear. Simon, Brian, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about what's going on over there. We will check back in with y'all very, very soon. Um, Certainly keep us appraised of what's going on so that we can let the community know at dcbeer.com and all of the at dcbeer channels. I have one thing to say. I've been adding this to all my emails. Yeah. Be safe, be kind, and wash your hands. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you both one more time. We'll talk soon. In addition to just patronizing the to-go capabilities and the delivery capabilities that bars and restaurants and breweries in town are offering to people, there are things that we can do to change the way the government reacts to this crisis. So I'm talking to Julie Verratti, who's the chief brand officer and founder at Denizens Brewing Company, uh, and we're talking a little bit about sort of what what you can do, the listener, the consumer, the fan can do to help help local breweries in this situation. So, Julie, you've been posting a lot on Twitter. Thank, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, happy to. Well, not really happy to be here, but <laughs> I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking about this topic so we can get the message out to as many people as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about sort of the positions that you're taking and and what you're asking folks to do. Um, I think the the number one thing right now is that we are staring down the barrel of an absolutely certain recession, if not depression. 
Um, and there are certain actions that the federal government can take, um, as well as state governments and local governments right now. Um, the number one thing that I have been calling on on the federal level, and I have already reached out to all of my legislators and I continue to reach out to them and I encourage anyone listening, please reach out to your legislators. You, you know, if you live in D.C., call the legislators that live on or work on the committees of jurisdiction. So finance committees, stuff like that. The number one thing is there needs to be an immediate moratorium on all commercial debt payments, all commercial mortgage payments and all commercial rents. And then also an immediate moratorium on personal debt, mortgage, and rent. And the reason why I am specifically calling for the commercial, I know there's a lot of folks out there who think, oh, you do, you got, you can't really bail out the businesses. You got to bail out the people first. I totally understand that. I'm empathetic to it. We need to bail out the commercial level first in order to also bail out the people. Um, and here's why. Small businesses right now, and this is a beer show, so I'm going to talk about it from a brewery perspective and you know bar restaurant perspective because mm -hmm. we are all three of those things you know you have to take out commercial loans and commercial debt in order to build your business there are a lot of breweries wineries distilleries bars restaurants that have commercial debt right now the number one thing we need to do to be able to continue to pay our workers for as long as possible and hopefully stay in business for as long as possible and open and operating is to retain as much cash or get cash infusions. Cash infusions are not happening right now because revenue has been cut off. So retention is the number one thing. Uh, there needs to be a moratorium on banks asking small businesses to pay their debts right now because that is going to keep cash in their bank account. The second thing is making sure that banks are not making landlords who own buildings to actually pay their mortgages. And the reason I think that's important is because that allows the landlords, it puts them in a position to be able to defer rent for all of their tenants. So it is important that all three of those things are happening at the same time. Landlords shouldn't have to pay mortgages. And there also needs to be a mandated moratorium on rents being paid to those landlords. All three of those things are important. And then you can also do all of those moratoriums on the personal side because people's incomes are either being cut down or are non-existent right now. You know, I think that um, we are in a very serious situation and we need to make sure that these things are happening. The banks in 2008 were bailed out with billions and billions of dollars of cash put right into their accounts. What I'm asking for, I'm not even asking for that right now. I may actually ask for that at some point, but right now the immediate emergency action that needs to happen is stop taking money out of our accounts for the time being. So those are the things that I would say. And call your legislators and please ask for this. So the position that you're taking is that is that what the federal government first needs to do, just to, just to clarify this, is basically stop people from having to pay, for lack of a better word, the banks, the money that we owe them, particularly businesses. And, and I'm in the same situation you're in, just to be clear. Um, I have a small business. You know, we produce podcasts. Uh, all of our clients are shutting down their work. Uh, for obvious reasons. Um, we're, so we're in the same situation. We have debt associated with starting this company. And yeah, we're trying to stop the bleeding right now, Richard. Exactly. That's how you stop the bleeding. Yeah, yeah. And we've been hearing a lot about the airline industry asking for $50 billion, um, you know, all this money that's being pumped into the stock market, all of these, you know, cruise, the cruise industry, the hotel industry, all of which are clearly suffering. And, and I don't want to minimize that, but particularly 
I think you and I would agree that that we have to work from the bottom up in this case. Absolutely, we do. Because if we bail out the airline industry, and I'm not saying we should or we shouldn't, but if we did that right now, you know, that's going to help a small number of stockholders, and that's going to help the people who work for those industries. But that it's only it's going to be a short term help because the, the rest of us are bankrupt. Right. We're not going to be flying. That's, you know. That's the exactly, and that's the thing that I'm most scared about on this too, which is like. I feel like the house is on fire and we're all hanging out just chit-chatting right now, twiddling our thumbs. And it is, this is a thing where there are no weekends right now. Like the fact that, uh, you know, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell decided that it was okay to take a three-day vacation over the weekend during this is absolutely appalling. And he was completely derelict of his duties. That's number one. Here's the other thing that I'm most scared of. You know, when we get on the other side of this, it's going to be... I, I believe that the small business community, if we do not take these actions to stop this right now, the small businesses that everyone knows and loves are not going to exist anymore. And so you're going to have millions of people who no longer have a job, millions of businesses who no longer exist that are now going to all need government assistance. But you know what the problem is? Because the businesses don't exist, the tax base has been completely eviscerated. So. Right. Government is not actually collecting taxes because there's no jobs or businesses that are paying taxes. And you've got millions more people that need government assistance. What are we going to do? We have to do everything we can right now as a society, as a country, as you, you know, the leaders in the government right now have to stop the bleeding. They have to do everything they can to try to make it so that small businesses can come out on the other side of this alive. And I am very afraid that they're not going to do anything and that that, that is not going to happen. So I am calling on everybody, please call your legislators, ask them to take this action immediately. They should have taken this action two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. they haven't. I, I agree. I mean, that's that's the biggest challenge I think that we're facing is that that these actions haven't really been discussed at at the highest levels. The conversation is I've all been, about sort I've of I've been discussing industry. with them. I've been discussing it. <laughs> Trust uh, me. Oh, I know. <laughs> we need everybody to discuss it. I know, but yes. it's not It's not as though these are the conversations that we're seeing happen on Capitol Hill or happen at the White House, right? It's It's been very focused on, on the stock market. It's been very focused on sort of large industries with, you know, and this is, this is where one of the challenges I see facing is if you look at the airline industry, the number of airlines in this company is relative, country is relatively small. But if you look at the number of, well, I mean, what do we, we know what seventy six hundred breweries, but but that's just one very specific industry. If you look at all of the small businesses, all of the people who own the you know a local laundromat, sure. or local dry cleaners, um, or you know people like me, you know who just have a small service uh, service company. If all of us go bankrupt, it won't matter that the airlines have money anymore. Uh, right. If sixty percent of the population is suddenly unemployed because we owned and worked for small businesses that are now out of business. Exactly. Just contact your legislators, contact your elected officials, and let them know that we need a bottom-up approach to to protecting the economy by protecting small businesses uh, and ensuring that they keep open. Uh, you know, on the on the state level, a couple of things that the the governors can do right now is number one. Completely stop collecting all taxes. You know, if businesses are required to submit sales taxes, just don't make them do that right now. If they're required to pay personal property taxes, don't make them do it right now. 
licenses, fees, all of those things just going to be need to immediately be stopped. You you have to not collect those. Governors also need to make sure that they are declaring their jurisdictions, and I mean the entire state, not just different counties or areas, but the whole jurisdiction needs to be declared a disaster area in order to trigger businesses' ability to apply for SBA disaster funds. Businesses cannot do that until their governors, or in D.C., the mayor's case, declares the whole area actually a disaster area so we can actually apply for those funds. That being said, loans are not the solution right now. You should not be forcing small businesses to go into more debt to cover the debt they already have when they don't have revenues coming in. So I will say that with that caveat. It still needs to happen, though. Right. The other thing that needs to happen is the governors need to make sure that if small businesses are laying off employees right now, which is happening and will continue to happen, that they are not going to have a higher unemployment insurance premium rate, a higher assessment next year because of all the folks who had to take advantage of unemployment. Uh, that that's something that governors can do. They can make that decision to say we're not going to apply that assessment um, on the local level. You know, anything that the local governments can do right now to allow businesses to have as much flexibility as possible to be able to bring in revenue is absolutely important. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good that D.C. was working on allowing flexibility for bars and restaurants to also deliver unopened alcohol because that is going to help them increase revenue opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, don't collect any fees or taxes right now. You know, if liquor license renewals are happening, you should not be making people apply for those right now. You need to push that off and let them operate as is. So those are just, you know, on the federal, state, and local things, those are just a few items that people can ask for. But really the number one, I think, is at the federal level to just halt all of those payments. Well, I agree. Let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, what are you guys doing at Denizens to to keep revenue flowing and and to keep the business going? Uh, well, we started the Denizens Beer Mobile, uh, which was you know something that we pivoted to uh, over the weekend. We started our first deliveries direct to consumers on Sunday. You know that it, it's been going well. You know, obviously, it's not the same amount of revenue as we'd be getting if folks were in our tap room drinking beers, um, but it is helping bring some money into uh, into our bank account. So that's been really great. People can order online. Uh, they can just go to tinyurl.com forward slash Denizens Beer Mobile if they want to order. Right now, we're only delivering in the Silver Spring area and then the area around Riverdale Park. We, are not ha- we don't have any plans to make deliveries into D.C. proper or into Virginia. Yeah, and we're also doing, you know, we're doing takeout as well, pickups, curbside pickup. And if you want to order food, because we are a restaurant, uh, we are working with Uber Eats, who we've worked with, we have been working with. We're continuing to encourage people to order food through them. I've personally been making a lot of the beer deliveries, actually. Um, so if you order, you might actually see me in person. All Maybe right. we can commiserate together. You know, we're, we're making it totally contactless, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we are following as many protocols as possible to make sure we're being safe out there and keeping our customers safe. All right. Well, Julie Verratti, Chief Brand Officer and co-founder of Denizen's Brewing Company and fierce advocate for uh, ensuring that we are all communicating with our elected officials about how important it is to protect small businesses right now. Thank you for being on the DC Beer Show and for taking the time to speak with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Richard. Stay safe out there, guys. Good luck. So that's a taste of what a couple of the breweries in D.C. and in Maryland suburbs are doing right now to get past the coronavirus shutdown that's affecting so many small businesses, particularly breweries, bars, and restaurants. 
we're maintaining a list of everything we know about that bars uh, and breweries and restaurants, particularly focused on craft beer, are doing around the region, who's doing to-go orders, uh, who's doing deliveries. So check out dcbeer.com for the latest on that, as well as other stories about this ongoing crisis in the community. Also follow us on all the social media channels at DC Beer for more information. As far as the DC Beer Show itself is concerned, uh, we're going to be putting out episodes when we can moving forward. We're going to be talking to breweries, we're going to be talking to other industry professionals and representatives, so we're going to shift off of our sort of Wednesday at noon publication schedule and really just move to putting out episodes when we've got the content, uh, whether it be uh, one episode every other week, two episodes a week just as often as we can get more information to you, the public. Thanks for your support. Remember, check out dcbeer.com online and at dcbeer across all the social media channels. Tell your friends to subscribe to the DC Beer Show to get the latest, and we'll catch you next time. Stay safe and wash your hands. Mm-hmm.